As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast who thought pencils were for writing and books were for reading, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Whoa. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my notable and noble co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. There was an emphasis on what else right there. Well, that's Hey, we do what we want. <laughs> mm-hmm. We talk about what we want in the pop culture world. Pancakes. Oh, pop culture world. Well, pancakes can be pop culture. Yeah, sure. Especially with all the pancake art, you know, like all the. You oh, watch yeah. any of those videos, like where people like make characters out of pancakes? I'd be ashamed to actually eat one of those, you know, like <laughs> destroying a piece of art or something. There's something beautiful about uh, destructive art, though, right? Like this is it's this temporary. Yeah, there's something like people who do sandcastles talk about this: the idea that you could create this intricate and beautiful piece of art that's just going to go away within the day you know it's just like it's here now we get to experience it but then it's gone i don't Mm. know there's something really like authentic about that right yeah art isn't forever it doesn't have to be at least yep you can always get a tattoo removed (laughs) (laughs) that is true as well uh well you ready to talk about some pop culture yeah yeah what's on your mind these days well, a show ended last night. Oh, but yes. But we're, we're not yes. going to talk about that. No, that's true. If you want to know what we think about the show that ended last night, um, you can listen to Sift the Thrones. Mm. One more episode left. Yep. That should be up in the podcast feed later this week. Yeah, this is kind of interesting, right? Because usually when we record Sift Pop, we haven't seen the new episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, we do it the day before normally. Right, but, we, but because we had to kind of push this Sift Pop back a little bit. Yeah. We've both actually seen it, so mm-hmm. and normally that would be part of a do we care, you know, a giant right. show like this ending, but right. we're saving all that goodness yeah. for Sift the Thrones. Yeah, so that'll be coming your way if you want to check that out. Um, but we've got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about John Wick three, actually John Wick 
Chapter three. Parabellum. Parabellum, um, which apparently means prepare for war. Yep. Something like that. I thought I told you that a long time ago. You probably did. Mm, Okay. I I knew I knew it from somewhere. (laughs) So that's probably where it came from. Yep. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about the movie. We've got a best ever challenge on assassin movies, best ever assassin movies. Uh, we've got a uh, Sift Quest that you sent in, of course. We've got some buried treasure, all that kind of fun stuff. We'd like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether we care about them or not. Number one, less than a hundred grand away for Endgame to be the highest grossing movie ever. Uh, that's that's internationally, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, although it has really dropped off more than I thought it would. Kind of like a, a new, not start. what was the Force Awakens kind of mm. did, you know? People thought, oh, there's no way it can't, and then it just died off. Yeah. Well, but it's interesting because Force Awakens actually did make the most money domestically. Yeah. Uh, didn't quite get to a billion. Um, and I don't think I don't think Endgame's even going to challenge it at this point, which is really surprising to me. I thought it would after the the way it started, but I think it's going to land in... I don't, I don't even know if it's going to get to 900 domestically. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe I'll go and see it a couple more times. <laughs> Not 100 grand worth. Andrew will make it happen. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm saving all that money for Godzilla King of the Monsters, remember? Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. that's that's the one you need to do really well. Yeah, exactly. For the uh for the some the summer sum game to go your way. By the way, Oh, not even for the summer sum game, just we Maybe before the Summer Sum game, because normally whenever I do that, uh-huh. I just always vote for the movies I want to do well, not yeah. what I think will do well. Yeah. It's more like a wish fulfillment thing for uh-huh. me, because I know I'm going to mess it up anyway. <laughs> I'm never do well at the Summer Sum game, so this year was just a wish fulfillment. That's nice. That's nice. We'll have, uh, by the way, we'll have results starting to pop up there pretty soon. If you want to check those out, you can go to the website, sifpop.com. Just click on Summer Some Game. We figured we'd give it a few weeks before we put results up there since there really haven't even been, you know, 10 movies that are going to make a bunch of money that have come out yet. Yeah. So let's, we'll just wait for, for a couple more. Although I am feeling pretty confident about putting in game at number one. Yeah, you think that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I think it I, might happen. I think, well... Let's let's wait and see what Lion King and Toy Story Four do. Let's see if they <laughs> if they become the most <laughs> that would be wouldn't crazy. that be hilarious? Yeah, Lion King becomes this. I see. I could see it. Even though I have Toy Story Four above Lion King, of the two of them, that's the one I can see somehow just like you know blowing everybody's expectations out of the water. If 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 like nostalgia just takes hold in people's hearts and it's just like they go and see it twenty times. Yeah. But it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Number two. Robert Pattinson is Batman. <gasps> or is he? Or is he? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of got pulled back a little bit, didn't they? A little it? bit. Yeah. So apparently Warner Brothers is going to be putting Edward through a vetting process before they lock him down as the Dark Knight. I think they had it down to him and Nicholas Holt is what I read. Nick Holt. Um, well, well, that's Steve Holt from... Uh, or Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve right. Holt. No, you have Nicholas Holt, who is Beast in the X-Men movies. Yeah. I think I would actually go for Pattinson on this I dig one. both those guys. I dig both those guys. I think either one of those is an interesting is, choice. Is it sad I always go for Jawline whenever Batman, <laughs> because that's all you ever see of him, really? No, that's a fair point. That's a fair you gotta point. You got to have a good chin and a jawline. Right, yeah. He, the, the suit can do, you know, all the other miracles. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, get that old Tim Burton nipple suit. and <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> That's all you need. Well, no, uh, that was a Schumacher. That was Schumacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can't put Tim. Oh, actually, I don't like Tim Burton, so I shouldn't have defended him. So. <laughs> That's a good. That's, That's growth for you. That's yeah. why I did it. I put it out there just so you'd have to defend Burton. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. I'm glad that they're actually it. going like, okay, they're treating it. As something that needs to be treated with this caliber of, you know, care. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, eh, he's a Batman. We've had a lot of Batmans. How can you mess it up? I think this could be really good. I, you know, I like the Apes movie, so, you know, and I like I like Reeves. And... Reeves is good. So, I this could be great. I'm excited. <laughs> but then, again, we did like David Ayers. 
Because we're like, oh man, did you see uh, End of Watch? This guy's yeah. going to be great. He's yeah. doing Suicide Squad. It's going to be amazing. Will <laughs> Smith is in it. How can it miss? Yeah, exactly. It missed. And it missed. It did. Uh, number three. Yeah. James Wan will be producing the new Mortal Kombat reboot. Oh, no. Filing, or filing, filming starts this year in Australia. Mortal Kombat! I just had a, a flashback to all the skate rinks that I visited during the right. 90s because yeah. that was the song. Did when you go it, on a tour of different skate rinks? No, there was just, there was a, I don't even know if there is a skate rink around here anymore. Yeah. But like, uh, that was the song that played that only the speed skaters were allowed on the rink. During. Ah, I see. And I love that movie so much, even though I was slow. I always snuck on the rink. You stand for that movie, man. Like you're you're somebody who thinks that's the good video game movie, right? Like it's, anytime that conversation comes up, you're like, ah, oh, there is a there's a good one. It's Mortal Kombat. I know it's a bad movie, but oh, okay. I love it. I see. It's nostalgia because I saw it when it came out, like ninety four mm-hmm. or something. I think it came out the same year as Jurassic Park, or maybe the year after. Anywho. Um, I just I played the video game since I was a little kid. My parents should never have let me play those games. They're <laughs> insanely violent. Looking back on it now, you know the fatality. Yeah, the fatalities and stuff. But like how bad the CGI was back then. Mm-hmm. And I just saw the uh, the uh, Mortal Kombat 11 just got released, and there's a video online of every single fatality uh-huh. and the level of violence and gore that they go to in detail. It, in detail is something I never expected we would get to. <laughs> it's like they're just like you know what we used. To, we're the reason the MPAA exists for or a Peggy 18, whatever it is for video games. Oh yeah, yeah. they're the reason why it exists is Mortal Kombat. Whenever Sub Zero punched the guy's head off. Yeah. That's when uh, video game ratings came about. Do you remember all the fatalities from the original game? Probably. Wasn't there one where somebody pulled a spine out? Yeah, that was Sub-Zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, he grabbed him by the spine and then ripped him out Predator (laughs) style. That's right, that's right, that's right. And the blood drips off the spine. Exactly, and then uh, Scorpion took off his head and burnt people alive. Okay. uh, Took off his own head? Yeah, like he has a he's a demon, so he like ripped okay. off his head, and there's a skull that breathes. I've never fire. played this game, by the way. I just remember the hub. If there was ever a game, I would not be surprised that you'd ever played. It would be Mortal <laughs> Kombat or Dark Souls. Um, not for uh, play Contra. Play Contra. Hey, Contra's the most difficult game of all time. Yeah, so Contra was a blast, man. Oh yeah, but uh, as for the movie, you know what? I just there there is kind of a story here. I hope that they just uh, do a good job. That's all I can ask for and hope for, right? Yeah. Is there a nostalgia kick for it for you? Like, oh, is yeah. it going to be? So, do you think they'll do like the winky naughty <laughs> kind of thing to the original movie, or, or are they going to completely make it like authentic and if it's real? And if it's James, even though he's just producing, I could definitely mm-hmm. see there being a nostalgia factor to mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't think that it would serve fans well if it's PG-13. They tried that once before with the originals. Um, Annihilation, by the way, has a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes because I was curious. It's one of the lowest rated movies of all time. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. Oh, Not, n- not Annihilation. No, not the just came Matt out. Portman movie. Yeah. That, that has way higher than a 2%. Not, not Skeletor Bear Annihilation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I think it's terrifying. That would be a great Mortal Kombat villain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, I mean, the John Wick movies are kind of Mortal Kombat movies, especially the, you know, two and three. Yeah. You know, it's kind of just, it's fights, right? And it's in fatality moves and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. I think that there's a level of ridiculousness to Mortal Kombat. Like, you see. But not to John Wick? No, no. In, In the games, what I mean is like. You see them like crack people's skulls and like uh-huh. break people's legs like seventeen yeah. times, yet they're still able to walk on them. Right. You know? It's that level of ridiculousness of okay, that move would have killed you, yet you're still ready for round two. Yeah, <laughs> you round know, two. Fight. But you know, it's stuff like that. So there is a level of ridiculousness, and even the fatalities are like. But are Come they going? That's what I'm asking. Are they going to embrace the ridiculousness, or are they going to? Try to make it seem like real world, authentic, you know. 
I don't Do you understand know. what I'm saying? No, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, you're going to have fans who are complaining, oh, that's not as ridiculous as the... Right. And then there's going to be another set of people like, come on, man, you had this one opportunity to do a real gritty, realistic Mortal Kombat right. movie. And you... So I don't see that there's going to be, you know, a way to have everybody be okay unless you get, like, the choreograph... Uh, the stunt choreography people from like the raid movies. Cause I think that's a really good, uh, balance between ridiculousness and realism, you know? Yeah. Uh, other than that though, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting movie to see how they pull off. You got to give the fans what they want. Yeah. Ha! That's going to wrap for the, for the week here. All right. Let's chat a little bit about John wick chapter three parabellum. I trust you understand the repercussions if he survives. John Wick, excommunicado, is now in effect. You shouldn't be here. Nice suit. Good to see you too. I need your help. After this, we are less than even. After gunning down a member of the High Table, the shadowy International Assassin's Guild, the legendary hitman John Wick finds himself stripped of the organization's protective services. Now stuck with a 14 million bounty on his head, Wick must fight his way through the streets of New York as he becomes the target of the world's most ruthless killers. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum picks up right where John Wick 2 left off, um, pretty much the very next moments yeah, next right scene. Yeah. yeah so uh and that's not a surprise considering john wick 2 definitely sequel baited with the end of the movie you know it was like okay we're setting up this world and what's going on here um very quickly did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay high side of liked it high side of liked it um i for reference just saw this movie like yeah. this is one of those rare cases where i walked out of the theater probably an hour ago yeah. Um, so I'm still processing a lot of this. I will tell you my initial response was didn't like it. Really? Uh, yeah. And but I I think I'm gonna go on the low side of it was okay. I think is where I'm gonna end up. Um give me another day or two and maybe it'll even pump up a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. It's one of those movies, and I guess I'll just start with this. It's one of those movies that if you look at it on a visceral technical stunts action kind of level best of the series it's it's insane right like yeah. you just the stuff that's happening story's garbage um and and because of that i don't know if i would have even said garbage it just wasn't any, there just wasn't anything there it was empty it was like it was void of any kind of real story motivation character you know backstory i mean all that stuff was just I don't know. It was scraps, right? Like it, there wasn't anything really meaty. Um, I got bored during the action. That very rarely happens to me. Uh, and, see, that's where I think we're, we're going to differ. Right? No, I'm sure we will. And, yeah. and also, honestly, I'm sure I will differ from 90% of the people who see this movie in this. But I was so disvested from the character that it just turned into noise for me at times. And it was like... Okay, we're in another fight with another group of anonymous, nameless, bad people, and are mm -hmm. you know? But who's really the bad people? Aren't, aren't they all bad people? Like it was just one of those things where it just I got numb to it about halfway through the movie, and I was like, okay, I can see how that's a cool martial arts move. I'm just not, I'm not in it. Like I'm just not interested. In it. I'm not on the edge of my seat. I, it's not like I'm not. It's not like I'm concerned John Wick is gonna die. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not. So it was it was it was a really weird experience for me. And again, granted, it just happened for me. So, I, you know, I, I do need to process a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I hate I, I, I hate knowing uh, that I don't like something that so many people are going to love, because I'm sure the John Wick fans absolutely love this. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my honest reaction oh, coming right, out of it. Oh, I'm right there with you. I just, you know, I appreciated the action 
well, you know, because of, you know, story elements, it just couldn't work for you in some parts. Well, I... <laughs> it was distracting. Well, breaking it down, like, originally, I was kind of in it. Like, there's those first oh, few first action scenes are... Insane. Insane. And then, and maybe it's a case of, in some ways, I don't know that the movie's action ever lived up to the first 20 minutes. Um, and so maybe there's that part of it, too. It's like... You know, okay, now it's just a lot of headshots. You know, it's not, there was something really inventive about the fighting that happened in the first, you know, half hour of this movie that I really, that I really thought was cool. And then it just it never really kind of went there again. Um, I think a lot of people know Halle Berry's in this movie. Yes. Um, her scene might actually be my favorite part of the movie, okay. her action scene. Right. Um, just because of like certain elements of it that were unique to this movie, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, granted, a lot of it is headshot, 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 cool move, headshot, headshot. Right. But there were different parts of it. I thought, oh, man, I, that's ironic that they're using that element because it's been a part of the other movies that they're using it yeah. for their benefit now. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate you tiptoeing around the you know, the spoiler. I'm there, trying but my best. No, am, no, I, no. am I giving it away? No, no, no. I, <laughs> I mean, people people who have seen it know what you're talking about. But. Exactly. Yeah. But um as far as story goes, I think the issue is they know they did such a good job with the first two movies with this world building, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the currency, these organizations, you know, they really, you know, added some really cool stuff. What I think they did here and correct me if you think differently is they tried to um, expand even more, but it just came so cluttered and nonsensical that it actually kind of detracted from all the. Yeah. World building from the first two movies. Yeah, and and it became so much more about this world building or, you know, uh, it, it was interesting because it 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 asked as many questions as it answered, right? With the yeah. world with the world building, which is fine, that's normal, especially when you're trying to set up more movies, which this movie does. All the movies. Um yeah. <laughs> so the I I get that, but the problem is what I loved and connected with in the first John Wick was this very, uh, very moving idea. And lots of movies use it. Hitchcock used this all the time of an unwilling participant in a, a battle that he didn't want to be in anymore. Right. That's the, the whole thing about the first John Wick and the whole character piece of that movie is that this that he was drawn back into something that he had somehow managed to escape and he didn't want to be there but he was going to make it right and right? in the second movie as well yeah a little bit less but it's still there in the second movie and i i feel like it's almost all gone now i feel like now it's just john wick the superhero assassin guy and it's like i i miss the humanity of that character I, I don't know how I'm supposed to connect to him in this movie the way I connected to him, especially in the first one. Yeah. So that's that's what makes it difficult for me. No, I'm right there I, with you. If I you. had to sum it up. Um, my biggest complaint about this movie is uh, character decisions that make absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times where a character does something totally out of their persona. I'm like, oh, they would never do that. From the from what you've shown me about this character from the first two movies, you're just coming out of left field with a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and that's and I don't think you're talking about this part of it, but this movie even more than the others. I think maybe I'll have to go back and watch it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was just involved more. Really suffers from one at a time itis, where the fights. It's like there there's a there's a moment in one of the fights uh, where I'm gonna say a dozen. To 20 bad guys are chasing John Wick into somewhere and then it's just one of them fighting him and then when he's done with that one another one will pop up and fight him it's like there are guns going off all 20 of those people know where this fight is and there's 14 yeah. million dollars on the line there was just a lot of that in this movie where I was like okay we're we're setting up cool action as opposed to actually feeling like an authentic space yep that's okay that's I, I get it. That's fun, right? Like the raid movies are like this too. Like I get it. Of course, I'm one who doesn't like the raid movies as much as most people do. Mm, so I, love the raid I know, movies. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm the weird one, but honestly, maybe that's a great thing to bring up because th this movie felt to me like how I felt after the raid movies. Well, spoiler: some raid care or actors are in this movie. So, oh really? Oh, did you not? 
I'm I'm so disconnected from those movies. Uh, I let those go, so it wouldn't surprise me if the I didn't. The main real. bad guy from the first one and the main bad guy from the second one oh, are okay. fighting John Wick together in this. Oh, okay. I wonder. I knew they had. I knew in my mind the way that it was shot and portrayed. Yeah, that it had to be something like that. So yeah, okay. that was that was kind of fan service because you know John Wick is like the Americanized version of that type of combat, you know, mm-hmm. like that right. gritty, very every single move right. means something sort of thing. But I got to tell you, even if somebody who's seen those movies and didn't, rec- didn't recognize them, that that whole scene feels a little off if you don't know what's going on. It does. You, you understand what it, the way it because ends, how different it is from yeah. all the other fight scenes? Yeah. And the way it ends is so dumb. Yeah. 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 That's, so, that's another. I'm sorry. Thing. I feel like I'm dragging you into the negatives. You need to. You need to gush about this movie. I don't man. want you to think. I actually because so much of my negatives are generalized, and a lot mm-hmm. of my negatives are wait. A lot of my positives are generalized, but my negatives are specific. So it's okay. easier to talk about negatives when you can say I didn't like this, 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 and right. this. Yeah, yeah, but whenever yeah. your you know your positives are so like uh, encompassing, you know, there's like this entire part of the movie really worked for me. You know, it's just character decisions um, over in uh, abundance of nonsensical world building and. Uh, that's about it. You know, I could just nitpick specific scenes, but I think so the is... action is amazing. I think the action in this one is the best it's ever been. Maybe the best choreographed action movie in like the last three or four years. It's it's pretty incredible stuff. And like I said, especially those first couple scenes and the one you mentioned with Holly Berry, I think is also uh, pretty interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you're right. The, the action is absolutely insane um and i think that's that's it you can tell they they did the work right that's the other thing they're not using for the most part they're not using camera tricks or cuts yeah to confuse you and you know not let you see the seams right they're and this is this is one of the things we've loved since john wick one that this is a movie that is interested in authentic action action that feels like it's taking place in a real space yeah. Um, maybe the mechanics, like I mentioned earlier, aren't as authentic, like the one at a time itis, that kind of stuff. But the actual movements are, and the idea that these people are reloading their guns, like that has always yeah. been one of the things with this series is, you know, guns don't have inf- infinity bullets, and yeah. these movies are very aware of that. There's a uh, a shotgun scene in this movie that takes real care and use with the idea of. When you got to load shotgun shells, that's a whole different animal, you know. Yeah, so, you got to do it one at a time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I found that um, really cool. Yeah. Any other? Is there anything other than the action though that you really loved? Like uh, other specific, you know, things to to pull out. I'm gonna have to wait till spoilers okay. to get into because there are some specific moments. I'm like, the way this character did that, or this character. I could say beyond that- the action. I, okay, let's say this. The main bad guy in this movie, uh-huh. uh, I'll just say he's bald. Um, uh-huh. I really dug his character. I thought his character was interesting. The fact that uh, he was such a fan of John... Because John Wick in this universe is known as being the... Right. the best of the, the best. best. of the best. Yeah. And the fact that there are people within that profession who's like, that's that's the guy right there, you know. He's like a, a football player or something, you know. Like, I want your autograph. Do you watch Barry? No. Okay. He is very much like a character in Barry. Down oh, really? to down to the bald head, down to the comedic timing. Is down, he like, the one with the weird accent? And, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I've seen the pilot of Barry. So that I couldn't quit thinking about Barry whenever that character was talking because mm-hmm. it's very similar to the tone of uh of that tv show so yeah and well i mean i guess they're both about assassins too right so it makes yeah kind of makes sense um (laughs) yeah yeah i uh i'm interested to hear some of the the specifics other than just kind of i don't know i just i need something to connect to and i just i it's i'm having trouble finding it so if you are coming at the john wick movies from i want a good story standpoint this one is going to let you down where the others you could find things that you appreciated yeah but i think from an action standpoint if you want to go see a great action movie this is the best of the series and no judgment 
I mean, that's like no judgment for me. That's I, there's it's, certainly it's a place for that. On what you want, right? And how, yeah, and and how you interact with action movies, and you know, there there are some. I have my movies that don't have a lot of depth story wise that just own me from beginning to end, or for whatever reason. Um, it's just in this one, I just, I, about halfway through it, my brain just checked out. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> this is more of a well choreographed judge dread, you know, yeah. a mediocre story, but great action. Yeah. And a lovable character. Is he? John Wick or judge dread? Oh, <laughs> John Wick. Is I he lovable so. anymore? I think from a weird sense, not like, uh, he's a good person or anything like that but you know he's going to deliver from from like a fan standpoint you're like mm-hmm. oh he's going to deliver some really cool scenes so that's why you're like uh, i came for this kind of cool i want to see some him do some weird stuff that's really going to look cool and from that part i think people can say that they love john wick yeah okay or the fact that he loves dogs <laughs> he loves dogs a lot oh the little puppies who's your puppies who's your puppies who's a goober butt that's uh, what I call Roland whenever he's ornery. Yeah, goober butt. Yeah, yeah. He's would a, you would you go all John Wick if somebody hurt Roland? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be as successful as him. <laughs> You'd end up in jail. Yeah. Well, I'll leave Roland alone then. Yeah. Not thanks. that I was planning anything. Yeah. How, um, how could you hurt Roland? <laughs> he's a little goober butt. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to mention? About think, John Wick. I think the last thing I said, if you're looking for a good action movie as opposed to a good story, that you'll appreciate this movie. I think that's a good thing to end on. So I would recommend it. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it uh, if you're like me, but um, but I'm I know I'm way in the minority here. You're gonna have fun if you like you know crazy action. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I could deny that. Uh, All right, there you go. That's John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, for our best ever challenge this week. We thought we'd do assassin movies. There's a lot. There are a lot. Uh, My first question to you is, did you include the other John Wick movies in your choices or not? Uh, honorable mentions because I didn't want to put them in the top five. Okay, I just didn't include them. I just, sometimes we've done different things. We never, we don't usually include the movie we're reviewing but prequels. Sometimes you know. that extends to, you know, yeah. movies in the same series. So you, I actually, just didn't include. I would not even put, if I was doing without, I don't think they would make my top five. I think John Wick, the first John Wick would have made like my number five. Well, I know I like a movie that you don't. That's in my <laughs> top five, so. You like a movie that I don't? Imagine I that. You know what? I was thinking the other day, this is really off topic, but I was going over in my head. This is like, so on topic. How many of like your top 100 movies are like a positive message, like yeah, singing in the rain <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And then I looked at mine. Mine's like Gangs of New York and Whiplash and We're Fight like, Club. Have you seen? Um, have you seen that there's this new show coming out on Amazon Prime called Good Omens? Have you seen this? I that is my number one most anticipated show. I'm so excited for it. I'm such a David Tennant fan, but yeah. it's the you know I think it's a devil and an angel. Yeah. Right, that have to work together. That's basically that Sif Pop. That's us. Oh, I'm David Tennant. <laughs> and I'm Martin. Was it Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen. I'm Michael Sheen. No, Martin he's great Sheen. too. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited about both of those yeah. guys. Martin Sheen was president. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, best ever challenge: Assassin movies. We'll start with number five and work our way up. Uh, who do you want to go first? Let you go. Uh, I have Looper at number five. Interesting. That would have been an honorable mention if I thought of it. Yeah, that's an assassin movie, right? It is totally an assassin. It's totally movie. an assassin movie. Um, I I have this movie has really grown on me. Uh, like many movies that involve time travel. Uh, I think you of all people um, judge time travel movies the most stringently. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, there's no, just not, something it's about not them. Nothing that, against you or anything, right. you know. I just, my brain, for whatever reason, gets really distracted by time travel paradoxes um, when a movie isn't willing to at least do a little bit of effort to dismiss them or, you know, explain them. One of the two, um, Back to the Future dismisses them and just says, these are the rules and it goes along with its rules. That's cool with me. I can handle that. You know, 12 Monkeys explains them and I can go along with that. You know, it's just when it, it doesn't do either. Uh, that bothers me. So I think Looper tries to dismiss them, 
which is why it's kind of grown on me a little bit. It's just like, okay, this is just the way it works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even Jeff Daniels is like, I don't have time to, and Bruce right, Willis yeah, too exactly. is like, I don't have time to explain it to yes, you. Yes, exactly. Um, but man, the, the performances and the plot structure and all that stuff that goes on in Looper, I really like. So yeah. And so, great yeah. performance by just Gordon Levitt too. Yeah, for sure. He looked like Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, this is the movie that I think you don't like. You Le- have it at number five? Yeah. Okay. Leon the Professional. Yeah, I just, it it didn't connect with me in the same way. Man, Jean Renault is great in that movie, and I think this is Natalie Portman's first movie. Mm-hmm. If it's not her first, it's her second. I can't remember if she did Heat before this. Um, but I think the the character development and the chemistry between those two, because it's an assassin movie, but it's also like... Uh, do you want to have somebody that you're starting to care about follow the same mm-hmm. path as you, you know? Right. And I think that Matilda is a character who goes through something insanely traumatic mm-hmm. in that movie at the hands of uh, uh, Gary or Jeff. <laughs> Gary Oldman, thank you, brain, for working. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gary Oldman, which, by the way, that might be what I consider, because I haven't seen his uh, one his most recent movie that he did about Winston Churchill, uh-huh. but I think that Leon the Professional might be my favorite Gary Oldman performance. Oh, nice. Yeah. So basically, Jean uh, Renault is playing uh, the Hound, and uh, Natalie Portman Roman is Aria. Aria. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good description of this. If... If Arya's like, teach me everything you know, right, yeah. as opposed to one day I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's my number five. Very nice. Uh, my number four, I think you're going to trump. Uh, my number four is Collateral. Oh, yeah, I'm trumping <laughs> that. Uh, so, what's your number four? Lucky number Slevin. Oh, interesting. Do I didn't you, even have that in my honorable mentions. I love this movie. What do you love about it so much? Josh Hartnett, uh, Lucy Liu... Bruce Willis, Ben King's, Sir Ben Kingsley, sorry, and Morgan Freeman. That is a star-studded cast. Yeah. And everybody is on their game. It's a fascinating story that keeps you guessing where it's going to go about this man who falls into this mistaken identity that is like told, hey, you owe these two crime lords a lot of money. He's like, but I'm not that guy. He's like, well, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, so you better come up with this money. Yeah. And I think that the characters that Lucy Liu and uh, Josh Hartnett play, like their romance together is like one of the most adorable and like I want them to be together so bad hmm. things I've ever seen in a movie, and I'm not exaggerating there. Okay. I l- That is... Easily Lucy Liu's best movie. Nice. And Josh Hartnett, because guy doesn't do many good movies. Pearl Harbor, what? <laughs> uh, lucky number Slevin yep. is your lucky number four. Yeah. Uh, I've got The Born Identity in number three. I've always treated those as spy movies, but you're right, because he was sent to assassinate people. Yeah. So, yeah, you're totally right. Good call. Um, I would have put Ultimatum above it, though. I do really like Ultimatum. Um, but I think the born identity, I think the reason in a, in a conversation like this or in a list like this, that I would put it higher is because of how much it changed the genre, Shake uh, like the, the spy genre, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you can see it, the bond movies after that, you know, are like, Oh, oh maybe, yeah. maybe we should be more like the board movies. You're totally right. <laughs> um, so I, I just, the way it changed it, you know, Matt Damon is so great and it. it showed me something from him that I wasn't necessarily thinking he could do, uh, at that point in his career. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy the point identity. Although it was the birth of shaky cam quick cuts. Yeah. So I'll yeah. ever, I'll forever be. It was mad cool. like them. it was, it was new then and exciting. And what, what was kind of cool with the born did beside the shaky cam, uh, is it was environmental fighting. You know, a lot of what we see in John Wick even is environmental fighting. What you can know? I grab? Yeah, yeah <laughs> right exactly. Now. What's around me? Yeah. So no, um, yeah. I think that's uh that was something else that kind of did very well. Yep. Number three? Yep. Munich. That's a great choice. That was in my honorable mentions. This was one of the movies after I left the theater, I'm like, 
what did I just watch? Yeah. That movie is intense. It is for sure. Heavy. It's a heavy movie. Maybe for the simple fact that it's based on a true story that makes it that much more mm-hmm. uh, intense and, you know, insane. But a lot of people who were not famous at the time are in that movie. Daniel Craig is in that movie. James Bond is in that movie. Uh-huh. And he's a throwaway character. And Eric Bannon before he was the Hulk, you know? Uh-huh. So, but man, Eric Bannon's character, man, he goes through some stuff in that movie. Yeah. And it's not only, you know, the revenge for the uh, MI6, um, the birth of the, uh, what what is that Israeli group called? Uh, Mossad. You know, mm-hmm. it's the birth of the Mossad. And, you know, the revenge for the assa- the Munich assassinations. But to see these characters do these, you know, revenge killings and how it changes not only, you know, th- their country, but also them. Because they start getting paranoid. Like, okay, so at- now that I'm doing this, people are going to be coming after me. Right. There's a scene in the movie where Eric Bana just like, I know there's a bomb in my house. So he just grabs a blanket and just curls up in his closet and it's just so like oh this is going to be him for the rest of his life you know Mm -hmm. he signed on to do this but it's messed him up permanently heavy movie but it's super good steven spielberg yeah it's a good choice good choice for sure your number three uh my number two oh okay my number two is in bruges yeah have you ever seen in bruges have I seen him Bruges? <laughs> Have I seen him Bruges? It's so good. Man, if it wasn't for the... It, w- it was going to be my number six, but I kept going over my list. And I'm like, okay, that's technically an assassin movie. That's right. technically an assassin movie because I like horrible, evil movies, apparently. <laughs> so, but... In Bruges, is, in Bruges is in my top 100 movies of all time. In Bruges is one of those movies that I think many people would be surprised to know that I love as much as I do because it's a very nihilistic movie in a lot of ways uh and martin um is it mcdonough yeah uh you know we don't exactly vibe like we're not you know kind of on the same wavelength and really you didn't like uh three billboards i did not like three billboards (sighs) billboards. as much as most people did um but i really think what about seven psychopaths no not as much as most (laughs) people i know i know i'm telling you this is what would i mean i think it's surprising that that i connect with in bruges but i think it's because there's a real deep emotion to it um, that feels more authentic to me than the other movies that he's done. There's something about, especially those performances um, with uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Uh, Colin Farrell. And Ray Fiennes. And Ray Fiennes, yeah. I just, I really connect to those performances. And the plot is really fascinating to me and intricate and interesting. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I was not prepared for how much that movie blew me away. I will say this. If you are one of the people who was easily offended, In Bruges is not going to be the no, movie for totally, you. No, totally, yeah. It does not hold back on any political not, correctness. Not at, at all. And maybe that's why I think it's funny, because I always find that kind of stuff like, oh, that's going to make somebody mad. And that makes me <laughs> laugh. Um, which I... In Bruges is actually a really good pick for our uh, Sift Quest coming up, actually, if you think yeah. about it. No, it totally is. Bruges, I was going to mention it in that, too. Oh, yeah. were you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bruges is definitely a character in that movie, mm-hmm. and I loved it. So my number two, this is where I have collateral. Okay. Top ten movie of all time. Um, Tom Cruise, I think this is his best performance. Um, Jamie Foxx, just the whole movie is about Jamie Foxx being an unwilling cab driver, taking Tom Cruise around L.A. to kill people. Yeah. And it's such a very weird... Um, what a unique dis- Cruise performance in this thing, too. Yeah, he's got like gray silver yeah. hair. He looks old and disgruntled. But uh, it's interesting because we see a character... In Jamie Foxx's sense, go from uh, an everyday man to kind of what uh, the Punisher was talking about. And I think season two of Daredevil is like, you're one bad day away from being me, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And Tom Cruise puts Jamie Foxx through one bad day. (laughs) And to see if you watch that movie multiple times and you watch it again, you'll realize, oh, that's not the same Jamie Foxx I saw at the end of that movie. Right. He went through some stuff. He changed. Yeah. He, um, and some some of it for the better. 
And the fact that, you know, uh, he was always timid and afraid to go after the things that he wanted, you know, like the girl or his dream job or anything right. like that. And thanks to Tom Cruise, oddly enough, he's able to find it within himself to rise to the occasion and try and take what he wants, you mm-hmm. know. Granted, that's the one decent uh, thing he took from Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. But... uh it's fascinating. It's thrilling. It's really philosophical. Yeah. Great movie. Oh, I love that movie so much. That's a good choice. Good choice. Like I said, I had it number four, so just yeah. a couple slots down. So we have the same number one then? Probably. No Country for Old Men? Yeah. I I mean, it's just it's one of those movies. I heard somebody the other day uh, do a um, kind of a counterpoint on No Country for Old Men and talked about why they didn't like it and that kind of stuff. And I've never not connected to something as much as I can. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, good for you, but boy, are you wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anton Chigurh is one of the most terrifying characters in film history. Yeah. That's, that's just fact. Yeah. The coin toss scene with the old man in the, uh, in the gas station mm-hmm. is like the epitome of tense filmmaking. Yeah. Ugh, it's horrifying because you realize that this man is the epitome of Thanatos. He is death. Mm-hmm. He is Hades. He is just a walking doom, you know? The Reaper has come. The Reaper. Because he doesn't care. Like, he has no moral center about who should live and who should die. Right. A flippable coin. That's how he decides if you live or die, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I could see where a lot of people don't like this movie for the simple fact of how it treats uh, Josh Brolin's character and like his story arc. Mm-hmm. Even though the movie came out in 2007, I'm still trying to tiptoe because I do consider it also a top 10 movie of all time. Right. Um, this came out within like two months of There Will Be Blood. And I always go back and forth in my head of which one I have. I used hired. to get them confused, by the way, because they came out so close to each other, and they both mm. kind of have that nihilistic kind of I could feel to them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't get them confused anymore. <laughs> but when they first came out, I was like, I, I used to call them by each other's absolutely titles. Yeah. Um, I think that from a story standpoint, I'm going to go with that. No Country for Old Men is the better movie, but I still do consider Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood to be the greatest performance by an actor ever. It's so amazing. It's so great. But I think that there's more to take away. Maybe it's just more palatable than There Will Be Blood. (laughs) I think that if if you're somebody who likes john wick three and you're like that's i just want cheesy action movies right i think that you're going to appreciate no country for old men a lot more than there will be blood but um that's not to take away from either movie uh great performances all around anton chigurh like i said javier bardem's character Mm -hmm. terrifying that's the first movie i ever saw uh, javier bardem in yeah, it might be mine as well. Um, boy, I got to tell you, the first time I saw it, I actually, I mean, not that I didn't like it or didn't recognize the genius that was going on there, um, but I wasn't ready for it. I, I was not expecting the Coen brothers to do that movie. And <laughs> Well, before that, we had like Fargo. Right. There's always been a comedic element to their movies. Yeah. No, not here. No, <laughs> no. So I, I had to work my way through that, but um, but once I did, it's just, man, they're great filmmakers. Yes, they are. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, let's do some honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I want to mention the classic uh, Antonio Banderas, Sylvester Stallone movie, Assassins. Assassins. <laughs> you know what? Out of all the movies you could have mentioned, I what think a- that's the most surprising one. That what you a... Actually- Dumb, amazing movie. It is a like, dumb, amazing movie. Uh, yeah, I just had to mention it. Yeah. Uh, why don't you throw one out? Hitman's Bodyguard. Okay. Uh, just uh, Sam uh, Jackson and uh, Ryan Reynolds yeah, are came great and went together. So fast, but yeah. they are good together, and that's a funny movie. It's a funny movie, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, not really. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, Road to Perdition. Ooh, yeah, man, that's actually a really good pick. Yeah. The Jackal. Nice. I like that movie. Uh, Bruce Willis, bad guy. Blow, he kills uh, Jack Black in that movie. Uh, in the Line of Fire, Clint Eastwood and John Malkovich. and. You know what? I, I can't even... I've seen it, but I can't even remember what happens in that movie. It probably just came at a point in my life where I was really starting to fall in love 
with more and more movies. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a lot of, I mean, it's a great Malkovich performance. I mean, yeah. he is chewing scenery in this thing. So yeah. Well, that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, Sicario. Good choice. Technically means assassin. Good choice. Yeah. Gross point blank. Oh yeah. There you go. This one possibly was... the best movie title ever. Gross point blank. I yeah. love that title. Yeah. This one does not have a great title, but it's a great movie. Almost made my top five list. Okay. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I would count that one. Jesse James is kind of, he just, he. I know he's like a bandit and a robber. And right. The movie, there is an assassination in the movie. Yeah. But it's not about assassins. Yeah, but right. But it's so good I had to mention it. I love this <laughs> The word movie. assassin is kind of in the title, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. That movie's great. Yeah. You yeah, got any more? Sure. No, no, no. Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. It, like, you got to be able to stomach. I mean, a you lot could in also. I mean, obviously, Pulp Fiction yeah. is about assassins. Uh, Tarantino loves assassins. Um, Kill, Kill Bill. Right? <laughs> but those movies are bad. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. The Tarantino fans will come after us. I know. That's what I, I try and tempt fate every single podcast. I <laughs> at realize least once. What, at least once. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, there you go. Those are the best ever assassins movies. By the way, if you want to check out what the Sif Pop experts said, uh, at sifpop.com, the article is there as well. Um, at sifpop.com, list the top 10 and some honorable mentions. So uh, you can check out the best ever assassin movies. We mentioned a few of them, but not all of them. Oh. That are listed there. Well, I'm going to have to go check out that list. <laughs> uh, before we head on to the Sift Quest, just a reminder that you can become a Sift Pop member, and we appreciate it so much. Uh, starts at three bucks a month, and you get your own dedicated podcast feed that has the bonus episodes in it. Uh, there's a monthly hangout uh, that you can do. So all sorts of cool stuff at the Sif Pop Patreon. Uh, we love our Sif Pop members so much. Thank you for keeping this podcast going uh, and helping defray the cost of what it takes to run Sif Pop. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to check it out, go to patreon.com slash siftpop. Patreon.com slash siftpop. And uh, you can start becoming a member today. All right, let's move on to the Sif Quest. Uh, this is where you send us on a quest with your question, debate, whatever you want to send our way. Uh, this one says, has there ever been a movie that's given you an entirely new perspective on a city or region? Um, so, Andrew, what do you got? Ciudad de Sus, the city of God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I was for a second there. I had no clue what you were talking about. I was like, that was my first choice as well. And I was like, what is he saying? Yeah. City of God. Man, uh, that gave me a dark, unexpected depiction of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a Rio de Janeiro, right? Mm-hmm. Rio, Rio de Janeiro, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a little different than the movie Rio. It's a not, little not, bit. Not, not quite the same. That was what I thought Rio de Janeiro was like. <laughs> I thought they were singing Paris. Yeah. Everybody was having right. a good time. I could not have been farther from the truth, apparently. Um, <laughs> According to that movie. Exactly. Uh, great movie, though. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, not so great movie, uh, in my opinion, even though... Uh, it's going to be my next one, isn't uh, it? Slumdog Millionaire? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> um, I don't like it as much as like the Academy Award buzz, all that kind of stuff that it got, but it definitely is a movie that helps you understand more about that area and what's going on there. So I love that movie, actually. Yeah. So that was one I had. Uh, this is the movie I know you hate that I have. Lost in Translation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, have I said I hate it? You've said, compared to me, that you really don't like it. I Yeah, I find it, yeah, really boring. Yeah. But Tokyo is definitely a character in that movie. For sure. And it's... I saw the movie, when did it come out? Like 2008. I was really stupid back then. I was not a wise person. Whenever I thought of Japan, I thought of, you know, the ancient cultural aspect of it, like the Kyoto, you know, the, you know, right. the uh, samurai, the samurai, not really a samurai, but you know, that it was a culture that really, you know, appreciated its heritage and it tried to, uh, uh, preserve that within itself and then i realized oh wait no yeah I, I, it's obvious now to me that tokyo is like the bastion and the forefront of technology in the world yeah. now yeah how how did i not put two and two together when i've been playing video games forever and they're right. all made in japan yeah but uh just seeing you know the lights and the vibrancy and the 
total opposite of like what brew or uh uh he's used to in that movie i almost mm. said bruce willis no, <laughs> bill murray bill murray is in that movie you know it's just what he's used to because everything to him is like new and unique and like mm-hmm. he just latches onto scarlett johansson because she's the one thing that he understands very nice yep um roma i have to mention roma uh there's there's a real sense for not just mexico but the idea of that time. I was about to say, it's space. also a cultural and a period piece as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And all that put together, um, I think, gave me a entirely new perspective on kind of the Mexican heritage and, yeah. and those kind of things. Um, Lord of the Rings. I thought Middle-earth was going to be... No, no. I got an entirely new perspective <laughs> yeah, on, on Hobbiton. Yeah. I thought that it was the forefront of technology. I yeah, that's right. More. That's no, right. but uh, I know you. You said you had it in Bruges. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was going to mention it. Yeah, there's another movie we've mentioned that I would have in this category too. Uh, we briefly mentioned when we were talking about the Coen Brothers. Fargo um, is an interesting movie that gives you kind of that northern feel that a lot of movies don't have. Yeah, it's. You know, besides the uh, the violence and the horror of it all, you just get how happy go lucky every. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw up on my skitty, <laughs> <laughs> and she spent all day making it too. It's the minimalistic love for everything they have right there. Like right. he's worried about throwing up spaghetti, and that's just adorable. <laughs> you just want to be everybody's friend up there. What about Strange Brew? Can we say Strange Brew? I don't think I've seen Strange Brew. Oh, it's it's just it all takes place in Canada and it's just oh, it's, does. it's um what are what are their names? I'm really sad you haven't seen Strange Brew. Uh the McKenzie's, Doug and Bob McKenzie, I think are the characters' names. It's from SCTV, the old skit show, and they did a movie and huh. anyways. A lot of people calling each other hoser and Boy you hoser. Yeah. Uh I almost said Winter's Bone, but we live in the Ozarks. <laughs> in the Ozarks we yeah. know what's going on around here, but I could definitely see that one being a change sure. in the perspective. Like, oh, it can get kind of rough down in the Ozarks, huh? It can. <laughs> yep. Math Capital. Uh, is it still? It's, I thought I thought somebody took the title yeah, from us. Yeah, I think us. maybe like, <laughs> darn it. <Or> <laughs> I think we lost our Meth you, Capital how we, title. How do we lose our reign? Let's see what happens with a Google search of Meth, meth Capital of America. Detroit. You think Detroit's the meth capital now? Uh, let's see. Oh, interesting. First thing that pops up is that there's an urban legend that your city is the meth capital of the of America, and apparently there are like 20 cities that think they're the meth capital of America. Uh, Evansville, Indiana. Yeah, that's the first one that pops up for me. Um, so maybe okay, maybe we're not maybe we're not anymore. I don't know. Have you ever been on SpringfieldMugshot.com? <laughs> You'd I'm not wonder. saying there's no no crime in the area. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a worthy exploration right there. That's a nice little rabbit trail. <laughs> Can see what the meth capital of the world is. Um, a bunch. Of, you know, know, when you think of uh, the Ozarks, you just think of Happy Go Lucky, Branson, Silver Dollar City, Bald Knobbers. You know, everything's good down there. No. <laughs> you just said bald knobbers, and somebody who's not from the Ozarks is really confused, confused about what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, uh, unless you have another one. Do you have another one? No, I think we mentioned the big ones. Okay. Uh, appreciate that question. If you have a Sift quest you want to send us on, make sure you send it to feedback at siftpop.com. Uh, one thing left to do, Andrew. A little bit of buried treasure. Just real quick, I want to mention how stupid this website is because it just loaded my meth lab. Oh, nice. <laughs> you just loaded your meth lab? Yeah. Uh, I typed in uh, top 10 cities with, uh, you know, meth problems, and it popped up South Carolina. <laughs> As a city. As a city. Nice. And, and so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I know I can't trust you anymore website. Mm-hmm which I'm yeah. not going to even bother shouting out. So my buried treasure is something that we've discussed on the show, both you and I love a lot, but I just rewatched it and okay. it reaffirmed how good it is for me. Let people know. My Hero Academia. Yeah. Man, that show was good. You just rewatched the whole thing? That's yeah. a long show, man. I watched it all in like four days. You're serious. I'm dead You serious. just rewatched the whole thing. Yeah, in four days. I I bow to you. I don't I I don't know how people do that. Like I barely have enough time in my day 
to watch things for the first time, let alone the second time. I'm on a kick right now where I'm not watching new stuff. Like, I know there's a whole uh, bunch of stuff. Like, I should be watching Chernobyl because I watched the pilot of that. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. And, but I haven't seen, like, the other episodes, so I can't make it my buried treasure yet. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like, you know what? I just want to go back and watch something I know is good. I don't, mm. I feel like risking, you know, my I get time. It. I get that feeling. I just, yeah. Man, I would. I don't know. I have this little alarm that goes off in my head. That's like you're wasting your time. You've already seen this. Oh, see, that's different for me. Mine is like you're not wasting your time because you right. know you're going to be on. I for think something you're you right. I think you and people like you are right. I think I'm wrong, but I can't help. But no. that's how my what my brain does. No, it's just it's complacency versus wanting to have a new experience. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. And <laughs> there's a consumption element to it in my mind where it's like, got it's Pokemon. I got to catch them all. Like, I got to oh, see all the TV shows. Yeah. I got to see all the movies. I've been able to let go of some of that recently. Man, honestly, my you know, I used to watch 250 movies ish a year, right? Yeah. And now I'm just over 100 to 150 and I've kind of like I've kind <laughs> well, I've kind of let go of some of that. There are plenty of movies that have come out recently that I haven't seen yet. Um and I I I think there's, you know, I'm trying to find a healthy balance, but my man, my system just wants to catch it. Like wants it all. You know, no, so. that's totally fair. But the show is great. You and I both love it. Oh yeah, Deku is just a great character. It makes you want to be like. I wish that there were more shows like My Hero Academia for Western culture, because shows like it in Assassination Classroom, they really, in their own weird way, champion education. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, I got to be the smartest. I got to be the smartest. Where we had shows like Saved by the Bell, which is like <laughs> all about like, ah, oh, school's dumb, man, you know? And that was the culture we were raised in. Right. There's a reason why Japan is like at the forefront of like smart kids. Yeah. Because they have shows that influence them into thinking, oh, man, learning is cool. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, my buried treasure is uh, a game called I think I didn't, I think it's Atomus is how it's pronounced. Mobile game. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun one. Um, <clears throat> this is the one now that I play when I'm watching something that I don't have to give my full attention and I want something else to do with you know on my phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just a simple game where you are in the nucleus of an atom. And you're just launching elements to the outside edge of your atom. And if you have, uh, and every once in a while you'll get like a plus sign and you can combine atoms uh, that are the same. And so if you hit the plus sign between two of the same atoms, it'll combine them into the next highest atom. And you're just trying to build the highest uh, atom that you can build. So. Until you become a clot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. But if there's like a symmetry to it where if you have like the same atom, like, corresponding all the way out it'll keep combining them until you know it's done or whatever Hmm. and then the only way you lose is if you run out of space so you have to you know keep combining them or whatever it's just one of those mindless mobile games that i've you know found and really enjoy and so yeah sweet i thought i'd throw it out there in case anybody's looking for something good call a little time killer so again it's called atomus nice a-t-o-m-a-s well we did it man somehow we did a podcast yeah I'm not going to lie. I forgot that I saw this movie because of the show that just ended. That was where my mind was like all night. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I got podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. Took over your brain space. It did. Don't go on Twitter because I, I listed my thoughts. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't keep me off Twitter, but I'll try not to, to yeah. check out your Twitter specifically. There you go. <laughs> I have a feeling I already know your thoughts based on what happened in our last podcast episode about Game of Thrones. Well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you do. I think maybe I do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. If you want to find out more about other shows on the network, you can go to studiodna.media or you can just search for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Thanks, Andrew, for hanging out again. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you being on the show. If you want to check out Andrew on Twitter or wherever, uh, it's at Flick Freaks on all the socials. Uh, I am at Aaron Dicer, and of course, you can follow at Sifpop uh, or find out other fun stuff at Sifpop.com. Much love and gratitude to our members of Sifpop for giving monthly to make it a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. 
And uh, you get access to every bonus episode as well, some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Your support directly helping Sif Pop this year start some fun new stuff. So thank you for that at patreon.com slash Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Please comment, rate, uh, throw some stars at us on iTunes. We appreciate it. Or Apple Podcasts, as it were now. Uh, you can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than leaving a Yelp review for The Continental. Spoiler chat should be next up in your podcast feed. And we'll be back next week with Aladdin. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.